How are y'all doing out there tonight? Welcome to BGTV. It is going to be an amazing night. I can't wait for people just to tune in because God has given us a word tonight. I just want to say thank you to everybody out there who has been tuning in for just being faithful and faithful since we started this back in April. And I just want to make a couple of announcements before we get started tonight is that we are going to take the last two weeks of this year off because the last two Sunday nights fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But during those two weeks, we are going to be getting prepared for the new thing that BGTV is going to be launching, and that is called BGTV Studios. I'll be telling you more about that coming up in the, in the next few weeks. I'll be posting videos about it. It's going to be an awesome time coming up in the new year. So you don't want to miss this next round of BGTV starting out the new year. So what are your New Year's resolutions? What are you getting ready to, to do in this new year? What is God putting on your heart to do? Uh, I know that we are getting ready here to do, go to the next level with BGTV Studios. And so that is one of our New Year's resolutions is to take this to the next level and I just want to say thank you to all of our financial partners, all of our people out there who are giving to make this happen. If you want to give, you can go to BGTV Studios on Venmo or Cash App and you can give. And it all goes straight to this studio here to make this happen. And I just want to say thank you for all of you that are doing that. Also, I want to say before we get started tonight that I would love for you to go and subscribe. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, like it, share it. Anything that you see out there, just share it because I'm telling you what, it helps to go to the world out there. It helps us go to the country out there. Just like last week, we got to see people tune in and be a part all the way from Vermont. And that was such an awesome, awesome time we got to share with some friends from Vermont last week and do a baby dedication. So tonight, welcome to episode 34. We're talking about things that um, all of us have in our minds. We always think because when we sin, we're like, man, am I being a hypocrite? So welcome to episode 34. It's titled, Am I Being a Hypocrite When I Sin? Or Am I a Hypocrite Because I Sin? Has anybody else out there ever thought that or ever felt like that? The enemy makes us feel like a hypocrite when we sin and we mess up. And it's so easy to go hide into a hole or get into depression or oppression and, and just listen to the voice of the enemy because he wants to silence us. He wants to isolate us away from God. He wants to isolate us away from other people. And I'm telling you, this is one of the main tools he uses is to make us feel like a hypocrite, make us feel like a hypocrite when we go to get help after we've sinned. And this is something the enemy uses to try to silence the bride of Christ because the answer is inside of me, inside of you. The Bible says that the answer is inside of the bride. It's inside of me and you. The hope of glory, the hope of the world lies inside of us. So the goal of this video is to help you see that just because you have a genuine desire to feed your spirit after making mistakes, it does not make you a hypocrite. Just because you have a genuine desire to be close to God after after you make a mistake, doesn't make you a hypocrite. Now, I think a lot of us out there should just go, oh, take a deep breath, because some of us out there going, man, what, what have I done? I've just messed up. Can God still use me? That's what you're going to find out in this video is, can God still use me after I've messed up? Am I a hypocrite because I have messed up, because I have sinned? See, a hypocrite is different than someone who wants to feed their spirit 
after they feed their flesh. Because to be honest with you, see, my desire to feed my spirit after I mess up and feed my flesh is just as um, is just as genuine as when I feed my flesh. Because when I feed my flesh, that's a genuine sinful desire. It's a, but it's the genuine desire. It's not saying it's good, but it's genuine. But when I go to feed my spirit after I make a mistake, that's just as genuine. That doesn't make you a hypocrite because you have a genuine desire to feed your spirit and to draw close to God after you make a mistake. See, if the definition of a hypocrite was someone who did good after they made a mistake, we would all be a hypocrite. Let that sink in for a minute. If the definition of a hypocrite was someone who uh, did good after they made a mistake, then we'd all be a hypocrite. Let me, let me give you the definition of a hypocrite. This comes from like dictionary.com. It says the definition of a hypocrite is a person who pretends to have virtues, morals, or religious beliefs, pretends to have principles that he or she does not actually possess. See, a hypocrite is someone who pretends. The key word... And a hypocrite is someone who pretends. Pretending is someone who's acting it out. See, an actor, when you act out a play or you act out someone else else's life, you're acting. An actor is like, you know, you see them like on the Broadway or something, they put a mask over and they put a mask on and they, be, they become a whole different character. They're pretending to be someone they're not. I'm not saying acting and all that's bad. I love acting. I love watching movies. I love all that. But when someone puts a mask on and they begin to act like someone else, that's what you call a hypocrite. That's when you say, man, this person's a hypocrite because they're pretending to be someone they're not. They're pretending to have character traits that they don't have. Another definition of, of, of hypocrite is a person who feigns some desirable or public approved attitude, especially one whose private life or opinions or statements belie his or her public statements. So how you live out in public, and but you're you're saying that you live one way, but you live differently, that's someone who is being a hypocrite. And you know what? The key word that I want to focus on there is the word pretend. Pretending to be someone you're not. Pretending to have virtues and moral and religious beliefs that you actually do not have. Because see, someone who is fighting their flesh and is battling in the flesh not to sin and not to mess up is different than someone who just doesn't care and they're just going off to do whatever they want to do. But just because you mess up and you battle your flesh and you give in to temptation, it doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. And that's what we want to talk about tonight because it's going to help a lot of us out there to understand that this uh, this life for God, it is a battle. It is a journey all the way up until the end. So there's a couple of points, a couple of quotes I want to point at you really quick before I get really into this. The first one is this video will help you realize that you are not a hypocrite because you have a genuine desire to be close to God after you've made mistakes. Has anybody out there ever had the desire to be close to God after you've made a mistake. It could have been a mistake you made today or yesterday, last week, last month, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago. There's somebody out there that's going, man, I really desire to be close to God, but I just don't know if I can because of the mistakes I have made. This video is going to help you to understand that you can draw close to God even though you have made a mistake. Number two, desiring to be close to God after you make a mistake is not hypocritical, it is biblical. Listen to that. 
Desiring to be close to God after you made a mistake is not hypocritical. It's biblical. That's what the Bible is all about, is how God will come in and he'll meet you where you are. He'll rescue you from your mistakes. He'll rescue you from the place that you have found yourself and he will love on you and he will help you climb out of that hole and get back close to him and get back on the path that he has for you. Number three, having a genuine desire to feed your spirit after you feed your flesh does not make you a hypocrite. I know that some people out there tonight, you're going, I have a desire to feed my spirit, but I don't know how to get started because there's this wall of hypocrisy. Let me tell you what it is. It's a wall of false hypocrisy. The enemy throws at you a a wall of false hypocrisy. He throws lies at you, telling you that you are a hypocrite because he doesn't want you to bust through that wall to get back close to God. He wants to try to put everything possible in between you and the Lord. See, when I put my hand in between the camera and my face, you can't see me. And that's what the enemy tries to do. When we mess up and we sin, he throws all these lies in between us and the Lord. He tries condemnation and guilt and shame. He throws all these lies up here between us because he doesn't want us to draw close to God. He wants us to think because we've made a mistake that it's over, that God can never use me, that our purpose, our destiny, our calling, our assignment is done. And there's no further thing from the truth. God loves to restore us. He loves to revive us. He loves to awaken us. He loves to forgive us. But we do have to take a step and repent of our sin and ask God to come in close to us again. The Bible says if we draw close to God, that he will draw close to us. And if we flee from the enemy, he will flee from us. That's found in James chapter 4. So, If you are desiring to spend time with God after you made a mistake, I want you to feel the um, freedom and the permission to get up off the ground where the enemy has knocked you down and to go after God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number four, having a genuine desire to talk to God in the middle of living a sinful lifestyle is not being hypocritical. It is the first step of a changed life. Because there's some people out there tonight who are living in a sinful lifestyle. You've given your life to Jesus, but you've fallen back into a sinful lifestyle, and you're like, how do I get out of this? Because every time I try to start spending time with God or get back on the right path. I just feel so hypocritical. You're judging yourself. The enemy is judging you so much in your mind that you can't get past what you're thinking in your mind. And you think you're being a hypocrite because you're living in the middle of sin, but you have a real desire to grow close to God. So how do you overcome that? I just want to tell you this. There are so many times in my life where I've gone up and down in my relationship with God where things have happened in my life where I've found myself in really dark places and never thought that I would ever come out of those again, that God could ever use me again. There were times, y'all, that I would run off to casinos to numb the pain that I was going through. But I would find that God would meet me in that dirty place. He would meet me in that place where there was so much sin going on all around me that other people were committing, that I was committing, and that God would come in that place and he would sit right down beside me at the blackjack table, at the roulette table, at the slot machine, and he would tell me, Brad, I have more for you than this. 
He would just continue to tell me that I haven't given up on you, that I have a purpose for you and that I love you. And see, I never thought I never expected God to walk into the sinful places where I was. I never expected to God to walk into the dark places where I was. But God did. He came in where I was to find me, to track me down because I was a lost sheep. I was someone who was off the path and God wanted to get me back on the path. And I'm telling you, as he got me back on the path, it was something that I just began to breathe in the presence of God. And he began to take me back onto the path and get me back to the place where I wanted to be. But the thing I had to overcome was, was, was I being a hypocrite? Was I being, was I being hypocritical because I had a desire to go after God? And the answer is no. Number five, having a sudden change in your life does not make you a hypocrite. It makes you an example of the power. Power of the gospel. You got to hear that one again. Having a sudden change in your life does not make you a hypocrite. It makes you an example of the power of the gospel. That's what the power of the gospel, the power of the good news, the power of the blood of Jesus. He died on the cross so we could have a sudden change. And it doesn't matter if you've given your life to Jesus 20 or 30 years ago and you're in need for a sudden change in this moment. Did you know you can ask Jesus to forgive you? You can repent. You can walk out of those dark places because I can promise you this. He is tracking you down. He is pursuing you. And this was what's so cool. You can take a million steps away from Jesus, but it only takes one step to turn back to him because he's right behind you. You may have thought you were walking away from the Lord and you may have been, but the bottom line is that God was walking right with you, just hoping and desiring that today would be the day that you would turn one step around and turn to him. Just turn your face towards Jesus. And I'm telling you, God will use you in an amazing way. You can be used by God if you have made mistakes. And the devil tells us so many times that we can't. I want you to hear this right here. This is so powerful. Living for God after you sin is not hypocrisy, it is the gospel. Hear that. Be, soak up the freedom. Soak up the, the, the permission to live for God. Soak up the blood of Jesus that comes in and takes away your sin and puts you back on the path. Listen to that quote right there. Living for God after you sin is not hypocrisy. It is the gospel. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to rescue us from our dark life. He came to rescue us from our dark places. And he, and he said, you know what? I'm going to bring light into your life. And I'm going to pull you out of these places and I'm going to change you. Some of us, it's a sudden change. Some of us, it takes weeks. Some of it takes months. Some of it takes years. But when you begin to change, just because you change and you begin to live for God, even if you sin today and you're like, you know what? I am done with this. I want to move past this. And you run straight to God. That's not hypocrisy. That's the gospel. That's what God offers for us who have put our faith in Jesus. You know what? It used to take me like three days, but I'm just telling you the truth. Used to, when I would sin, it would take me like three days to ever talk to God again. It would take me like three days. I would feel depressed. I would feel just down and out and overcast like this dark cloud, like that medicine on TV, like the abilify cloud just following me around because I have sinned. And the enemy would just speak his words into my heart. He would speak shame and condemnation and guilt. And, you know, and sometimes I would just, 
I would hold on to it myself. And I figured out I was holding on to the sin myself because I wanted God to know that I was serious. I wanted to know him to know that I knew I had done wrong. I wanted him to know that I didn't take his blood for granted. But then as I began to mature in Christ, as I began to as I become a more mature believer, I started to understand that the gospel frees us from sin and from guilt and shame and condemnation the moment that we ask him to forgive us. So if you are in the middle of a sinful lifestyle at the moment and you ask Jesus to forgive you and you repent, that is not hypocrisy. That is, it, you know, when you begin to understand what the gospel is, you can return to Jesus in a moment, in a moment's notice. Paul, who was Saul, and he became Paul, he was murdering Christians. He was imprisoning them. And then he had a sudden change because he met Jesus and then it was three days later, he was out preaching the gospel, the very gospel that he was tearing down. And I'm telling you right now, you can have a sudden change with Jesus and you don't have to wait three days or, you know, like if you were to, if you sin today or this week and you feel down and out and you're like, man, God can never use me. You know what happens is you're like, man, I just don't know if I can get back up and keep going. I don't know if, if God can use me this week because I have sinned. No, God sees you through the eyes of Jesus. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. It says the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus came to die on the cross and take away our sins and to, to cover them and take them away once for all. That means he did it for all of your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. And so God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. And I used to wait three days before I'd ever run back to God. But then I began to understand the gospel. And that if God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, then why in the world would he want us to wait three days or a week or a month or a year to come back to him? No, he wants us to be back in fellowship with him immediately. He wants us to come back and close to him as fast as we can. And so the more that I understand the gospel is this, is that I don't... Um, I don't strive to be perfect, but I strive to have closer fellowship and intimacy with Jesus. But when I fail, when I mess up, that's where grace and that's where mercy comes in. That's where the blood of Jesus washes our sins away. But we do have to ask him to forgive us. Just like if me and my wife Haley have an argument and I do something wrong, I have to go apologize to her to do what? To restore the fellowship in our relationship. And this is what I want you to understand. Righteousness and intimacy are two different things. See, many of us, we give our life to Jesus because we want to be in right standing with God. That's what righteousness is. It's in right, being in right standing with God. That means if you were to pass away, if you were to, to, to pass away and go into eternity, that you would be in heaven with God in a marriage relationship with him for all of eternity. That's what righteousness is. You are justified. You are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. But righteousness and intimacy are two different things. And so many times we get those things and we combine them all into one going, you know what? Uh, righteousness and intimacy are the same thing. And they're not because some people go, you know what? Well, if I'm righteous, if I'm in right standing with God, then I can live however I want to live. And that's simply not the truth. You can't just live how you want to live if you are wanting to be close to Jesus and walk with him and be in fellowship with him. So you got to understand that righteousness and intimacy are two different things. Intimacy is something that 
happens when you begin to spend time with the Lord and you're walking in fellowship with him and you begin to hear his voice and you're you're walking on the path that he has for you on a daily basis, walking in the will of God. And that is an awesome, awesome time in your life when you're walking close to the Lord. And those things, the closer you get to God comes when you make decisions to draw draw in close to him. Like today, I was sitting there with, with Haley and I just paused and I look into her eyes and I just told her, Haley, I just want you to know that that I love you, that I understand that right now we are in a busy season. We've just had a baby, but I wanted to pause and look into your eyes, Haley, and tell you that I love you, tell you that you're a good mother, and to tell you that I am really enjoying this time with us raising this baby, even though we're not getting to spend as much time with each other as possible as we want to. And I just wanted to look into her eyes and pause, and I wanted to have an intimate moment with her with that in that moment because I wanted our fellowship to be strong. I wanted us to 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 grow closer to each other. And this is what it takes, y'all. It takes intentional moments with God to develop intimacy and stronger fellowship with Him. So don't get confused. Don't think that just because you're in right standing with God for all of eternity that you are walking in the deepest fellowship and intimacy that you can. And this is what you got to understand. You don't lose your relationship with God when you sin. What you lose when you sin is your fellowship with God. You don't lose relationship just because you sin and you messed up. No, you lose your fellowship, the fellowship with God. There's something in between you and God. And, and you know that it's like when you mess up with a friend or a spouse or something, and you've got to clear the air. You've got to go apologize. You've got to make things right until the fellowship is restored. It's the same way it is in our relationship with God. And if you sin today or yesterday or this week or this month, and you're waiting for that fellowship to return, it's only going to return when you turn to God and you say, God, I'm sorry for my mistakes. And please just cover me in your blood. Take away these sins. Restore your presence in my life. Restore your fellowship. And he'll, you'll feel his sweet presence just sweep back over you. And now, y'all, since I understand the gospel more and I understand that I'm not a hypocrite because I sin and I have a desire to go after God after I sin and I understand these things, man, I run to God immediately after I sin because I hate having things that are in between my relationship with Jesus. So, like I said just a minute ago, um, no, I will say this. You're not fighting for your relationship anymore. You're fighting for your fellowship. And I think you got to understand that. So many times people go, man, well, I've messed up. My relationship with God's all messed up. No, it's your fellowship with God. And those things are different. And so work on your fellowship with God and get close to Him. And like I said a minute ago, I don't strive to be perfect I strive to be more intimate with the Lord. There's people in my life that, man, like, what, why do you choose to live like this? And why do you do these things? It's because I, I, I want to be as close to God as I can. I want to walk with him like Enoch did. I want to walk with him like Adam and Eve did in the garden before they sinned. I want to walk with God. I want to talk with God. I want to experience him on a daily basis. And so I strive to live my life without sin so that that. Things don't hinder my fellowship with him. And am I perfect? No, I sin all the time. I, I sin, but I hate it. I hate sin. I hate sin so much because it gets in between my fellowship with God. And I have to go to him immediately and say, God, please forgive me again. But see, you know what? I'm not the only one that ever struggled with that. There's many a people in the Bible that struggle with that same thing. And if you are a, fo a follower of Christ, you're going to struggle with having moments where you sin, having moments where you're not as strong in a relationship with God. And this doesn't make you a hypocrite. It, it, it helps you to understand that 
that everybody out there is going to struggle with sin. They're going to struggle to battle it. Here's, let me prove it to you. Paul was his, the, the best missionary this world's ever seen. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And you know what? Paul knew that the best way to get back into fellowship with God was to ask forgiveness and immediately forget about the past. Let me show you a scripture right here in Philippians 3, chapter 13. I mean, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which um, God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Paul knew this. He knew that he had to immediately focus on one thing, and that was forgetting the past. If you're going to walk close with God, if you're going to walk in fellowship with God, you've got to learn how to forget the past. You've got to learn how to get rid of shame and guilt and condemnation, those spirits that the enemy throws at us. And you've got to understand, learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that when you draw in close to God, that he can use you today. He can use you right after you've messed up. It's not hypocritical to, to want to be used by God right after you messed up. It's the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. And Paul, he knew it. He battled his flesh just like all of us. You see, I want to say this. Just because you battle your flesh does not make you a hypocrite. Paul battled his flesh, and I want to prove it to you. See, we think we are hypocrites because we have to battle our flesh, and that's simply not true. It is true that God can give us more influence the more of your flesh you overcome but it does not make you a hypocrite just because you make a mistake in the middle of the path that you're walking with God, in the middle of living for God. It doesn't make you a hypocrite just because you are made a mistake or you're battling your flesh right in the middle of walking with God. Let me prove it to you. And Paul, in chapter in Romans chapter 7, he, he, it goes to show us that Paul was, he, he was someone who battled uh, um, sin itself. He battled temptation. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Does anybody out there feel like that besides me? Someone comment. Let me know if this is how you feel because we all feel this way. We all do things we don't want to do. We do the things we hate. We're not doing what we want to do. And Paul was going to, he was doing the same things. Listen to what he also says in verse 18 and 19. He says, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Is there anybody out there that you're like, man, there's so many good things I want to do, but you don't do it. And then you're like, man, the things that I don't want to do, I keep on doing I love how he says it right here. It gives us all so much hope. This is Paul says, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Out. I can't quit doing these things. Paul was doing this as well. And he was like, and he was like, so how am I gonna get past this? And he said, and this is what he says in, in the end of the chapter. He says, But thanks be to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and took away our sins, made us a new creation, and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you messed up today or yesterday or last week, you know what? God can use you 
today. He's not looking for you to live a perfect life. He's looking for you to walk in fellowship with him. All you've got to do is go to him and say, God, I have messed up again. I'm sorry. I need your blood. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. And you'll watch your fellowship be restored. And that's how Paul began to walk out the whole New Testament and write all the New Testaments. Because every time he sinned, he just got back up and he kept going and he forgot about his past. And the one thing he did was focus on heaven, focus on going towards heaven, not back where he came from, not back where he came from yesterday where he made a mistake, but he said, you know what? Jesus has forgiven me. I understand the gospel and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going. Somebody better say something because this is firing me up tonight. I'm telling you what, this excites me. It gives me encouragement because y'all, I sin. I sin this week, man, and I don't like it. And I'm like, God, please forgive me. And you know what? Here I am right now. God's still using me right here in this moment because I just got back up. I restored my fellowship with God as he came in. And began, I began to speak to him. I said, God, I still want to be used tonight, even though I'm not perfect. He said, yes, I want to use you. You can be used too. It's not, you're not a hypocrite just because you want to be used by God after you make a mistake. You know, I love football. We got a lot of football going on right now here in the South. And, and here it is in December of 2023. We had a lot of big things going on in football. And um, you know what? Football players, you can think about a lot of, you can find a lot of analogies in football. You know, when a football player, um, let's say a running back, he gets the ball handed to him and he runs for eight yards and gets tackled. Does everybody just like, boo, oh my gosh. No. You know what happens is the whole stadium is like, yeah, he just ran eight yards. Or maybe you ran 12 yards and you got tackled by a linebacker. And then the whole stadium's going nuts because you got a first down. No, you're, you're, not, you're not expected to run 100 yards without getting tackled. They know you're going to get tackled. Guess what happens when the running back gets the ball, he gets handed off, he makes five yards, he, get, he, gets, he gets obliterated by the linebacker, he gets back up, goes to the huddle, and gets the next play. And that and he doesn't think, I'm a hypocrite. I can't play on this football any team anymore because I got tackled. No. He says, you know what, man? We're going to get back up and get the next play out of the huddle, and we're going to go back out there and attack the enemy again. I'm not going to stay down here on the ground where I got tackled. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to forget about the last play, and I'm going to focus on this play to help my team. And that's what we're to do as Christians is to get up and help our team, help the kingdom of God, keep advancing because that's what God has called us to do. You know, a lot of people out there think, they think too much about the mistakes they make and the instead of the, the moments where they do good. Think about this. Let's take a day of a month. It's 31 days. Some of the months have 31 days. Let's take thir- a month that has 31 days. And let's say you go 29 days in that month that you don't sin and you don't mess up. But there's two days in that month where you mess up. And you're like, and you know what happens is we always focus on those two moments where we messed up. We never focus on the 29 days where we didn't mess up. I would say that 29 and two is a good record. 29 and two is amazing. See, the enemy wants you to focus on the two where you messed up, but God wants you to focus on the 29 days where you did something good, forget about the two and march into the next month and keep going. And I'm telling you, this is what the gospel is. It's not your 
you're not a hypocrite because you get tackled by the enemy. I want you to know right now, as God hands you the ball today and says, go and live for me, advance my kingdom, he knows you're going to get tackled by the enemy. He knows you're going to get knocked out. He knows, but you know what he wants? He wants you to get up, get back in the huddle with the, with the believers that you are surrounded with, get back in the huddle with God in your alone time, get the next play, let him hand it off to you again, and go as far as you can again before the enemy tackles you again. It's a battle. It's a, it's a battle all the way to the end. It's a spiritual battle. The Bible says that we are up against the spiritual forces of the dark world, and that's what we're doing. We're advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. Jesus says, you know what? Let's pray that the kingdom of God will come to this earth, and that's what we're doing is bringing the light of God to this earth. You think the enemy is going to sit back there and just let it happen? No. And so tonight's show is to let you know that you're not a hypocrite because you sin. You're a hypocrite if you, the hypocrites never desire to get back up and to keep going with God. The hypocrites stay down because they're pretending they have something that they don't. If you make a mistake tonight and you go, you know what, and you have an immediate desire to live for God right afterwards, that is not hypocritical. It is biblical. It is the gospel. It's genuine. And you just get back in there with God and you go after him and you just watch the blood of Jesus cleanse you. You watch the Holy Spirit give you life, pick you back up off the ground and get back out there and go after it. That's what the Christian life is. Only those people who get up when they fall and keep going will accomplish the assignment that God has put on their life. The Bible actually says in Hebrews for us to throw off the sin that so easily entangles. I want to give you a little bit of a different um, spin on this verse tonight. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I know a lot of us have heard this before. But I want you to hear this verse, and let me say something new about it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. See, right here it says that, let, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. When you sin and you're easily entangled with it, the enemy comes in and he entangles you with what? With lies telling you that you are a hypocrite. He entangles you with these lies. He entangles you with guilt, shame, and condemnation. And the things that are hindering you, I want to throw a different spin tonight. I think the things that are hindering us are the spirits of condemnation, the spirits of guilt, the spirits of shame. Those are the things that are hindering us. And the Bible says for us to throw them off. We need to throw them off. What does that mean? When a football player gets tackled and there are five or six of, of, of the uh, defensive players on top of him, he doesn't just sit there and just let them just lay on him the rest of the game. No, he, you can see him and he's throwing them off. He's trying to get them off of him because he's trying to get back up, get the next play and continually move him forward. But so many times when we sin, when we make a mistake, we will get tackled by the enemy and we will allow shame. We will allow condemnation. We will allow all of this uh, guilt to just weigh on top of us. 
And it gets to where we're depressed and oppressed and we're laying on the ground with all the defensive players out there laying on us. It's time for you to get up and throw off the things that are hindering you. Throw off the guilt. Throw off the shame. Throw off the condemnation. Throw off the spirits that are hindering you and the sin that so easily entangles you and begin to run the race that God has marked out for you. How do you do this? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You fix your thoughts on Jesus. Just like a football player has got his eyes fixed on the end zone, he's headed that way. You know what? If you'll fix your eyes on Jesus, when you get knocked down by the enemy and he's laying on top of you, you know what will happen? You'll get up because your eyes are focused on Jesus and you'll you'll throw off the enemy and you'll keep walking towards Jesus. Whoo, man, I feel the Holy Spirit in here tonight. I'm telling you, God is moving. This is going to help some people out there. And I'm telling you what, if you will just Throw off the defensive players. Throw off the spirits that are that are hindering you. You will continue to move forward, and that's what we've got to do is throw them spirits that have piled on top of you. Get them off of you. So there is a question out there, and I know a lot of people have this question. Is can God still use you after you sin? Wow, what a question. What a great question, and I believe that there is a lot of people out there that are really genuinely asking this question. Maybe you've made a mistake a year ago, six months ago, five years ago, and you're not really sure if God can use you to the same capacity that you wanted to be used by, or you felt that when you were in the youth group 10 years ago, and you're like, man, I'm going to take, take, take over the world for Jesus, but you end up making a mistake, and you're like, ah, well, I just got to settle for this. I'm going to tell you something tonight. It does not matter what you have ever done, that you can still be used by God in the same way that he created you for. If you will just get up off the ground, shake off the things that are hindering you and go after God. Forget about your past. Do what Paul did. He said, I've got to forget about my past. Paul had just murdered Christians. He had just imprisoned the body of Christ he knew that if he didn't focus on Jesus and focus on heaven and focus on moving forward, that the enemy would pile on him so much. Imagine if you murdered Christians, if you imprisoned Christians, and then you had a sudden change and now you were living for Jesus. Don't you think the enemy would be pounding you in your spirit, be lying to you so much going, how in the world can you move forward? How can you preach the gospel, Paul? Because you did all these things that are just evil and awful. There's no way God can use you. Yes, God used him. And not only did he use him, he used him very quickly. He used him within three days. He had a moment. He met with God and he began to just have this moment with God where he repented and, and, and fasted and got right with God. The Holy Spirit came down on him and it says suddenly he was out in the synagogue preaching the word of God. He was out in the streets preaching the word of God. You can too. You're not a hypocrite because you have a sudden change. You can wake up right now and understand the gospel is for you and that God has cleansed you by the blood of Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus can set you free and suddenly you can have a change and suddenly you can be preaching the gospel at work, at home, in your neighborhood, around the world, on your own podcast or wherever God sends you. You can be preaching it today if you understand that the gospel has set you free. He who has been set free is free indeed. You are free to live for God 
no matter what you have done, even 10 minutes ago, God will rescue you. And it doesn't make you a hypocrite because you have sinned. That's what the gospel is all about, is God restoring his presence and his fellowship in his bride's life, in those who follow him. And that's what he desires to do. So can God still use you after you sin? Absolutely. Think about Peter. Man, Peter was someone who was walking with Jesus for like three and a half years. He saw crazy miracles. He walked on water. He was on the mountain of transfiguration. And then at the, the moment where Jesus needed him the most, he denied Jesus to his face that he even knew him. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling? The Bible says that he wept bitterly once he had realized what he had done. And maybe you've denied Christ with the way you've lived for the last three and a half years, but you want to come back to him. You can come back to him. And that doesn't make you a hypocrite because, see, Peter denied Jesus to his face. But it was just like a few days later after Jesus resurrects from the dead, that Jesus is standing on the shore. See, Peter had gone back to fishing. He had gone back to what he had always known after he had sinned. After he had denied Jesus, he went back to, to fishing. He went back to the boat. He went back to what he had always been doing but he still had this desire inside of him to draw close to Jesus again. He was like, I can, I can hear Peter right now. I can hear him after he had sinned, after he had denied Jesus and Jesus had died. Man, I just want to cry. I can feel his emotion going, I just wish I had one more chance to tell Jesus that I love him. I just wish I had one more chance to live for Jesus, to live out the gospel, live out the kingdom on this earth. I can just feel Peter's emotions as he was in that boat fishing, going back to his old ways. And then all of a sudden there was this man, there was Jesus on the shore who called out to them and said, have you caught any fish? And at that moment, Peter knew that it was Jesus. And Peter jumped out of the boat and swam to the shore because he wanted to leave behind his old ways and he wanted to get to the feet of Jesus as quick as possible. He wanted his relationship with Jesus restored. He wanted his fellowship with Jesus restored. He wanted all those things that the enemy had put in between him and Jesus and who had lied to him. He wanted those things removed because he wanted to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and live for Jesus, be a disciple of Jesus, advance the kingdom of God and he understood in that moment that he wasn't a hypocrite because he had sinned, because he had denied Jesus when it counted the most. You know what? Maybe you denied Jesus or, you're, or, or you let your family down or you let your church down or you let your ministry down because you made a mistake. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you someone who needs the gospel right now and that God can turn you around and use your story and you get back out there preaching the gospel of Jesus. I'm here to tell you tonight, it doesn't make you a hypocrite because you have a genuine desire to draw close to God after you sin. It literally makes you someone that Jesus is desiring to draw close to. His his hand is up by his ear. He's waiting to hear your voice. He wants you to jump out of that boat that you went back to, to the old ways. He wants you to jump out of that boat and swim to him and come to his feet to draw in close to him and watch him put you back on the path that he has for you. He created in advance works for you to do, and it's time for us to get busy in doing those 
And so we got to draw in close to God. I hope this helps you because you know what? I just feel like that many of us feel like a hypocrite because we sin. And that's not that's not it. The Bible is clear that it's a battle all the way to the end. You're going to go through this Christian life. You're going to mess up. You're going to sin. But the key is to get back up, throw off the spirits that are hindering you, throw off the sin that so easily entangles, and fix your eyes upon Jesus. I feel like that I want to close tonight by praying for all of us out there. I believe there's some people out there that need some prayer to help get back up on their feet and go after Jesus. I believe there's some people out there that are living underneath a false hypocrisy that the enemy has thrown at you. And I want to help break those chains. I want to help pray for you tonight. So if you have any specific prayer requests, put them in the comments over here. I see people commenting and, and they're watching from all over. And I want you to to put in the comments if you have a specific prayer request, and I can pray for you now or I can pray for you later um, during the week. But I'm going to pray as we close this out tonight because I believe there are some people out there that really need to hear that Jesus, is His eyes are on you and you're not a hypocrite because you have a genuine desire to grow close to Him after you have sinned. And I do want to say this before I pray. The enemy makes you think that just, you know, if you go to your church or around some believers, he's going to make you feel like a hypocrite and that they're going to judge you for being a hypocrite. He's going to try to keep you away from your spiritual family. You're not a hypocrite because you go to a place to get help. You're not a hypocrite because you go around other believers to get help. You go and the Bible says to confess our sins to one another. And the, one of the best ways you can get back up on your feet is confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to people around you. So get around some believers. The enemies will try to isolate you away from your spiritual family and tell you it's not a good idea to get around them because you're a hypocrite. They're going to call you a hypocrite. I promise you this. Most places you go, there may be a few people out there that are the exception, but most places you go are never going to judge you for what you've done, and they're not going to be calling you a hypocrite because you sin. They really, 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 those real, the people, the real followers of Jesus are going to wrap you up and say, hey, I want to help you. I want to help you draw close to Jesus again. So don't get isolated away from your spiritual family because that's the people that can help you the most. You know what? You know, it's, it's, it's almost coming to the new year. There's gems out there that are begging for us to come back and work out again. Just because we have messed up physically and we're not in shape physically, they don't, that's not, they're, not, they're not saying, I don't want you back. Or you haven't been to the gym in a while. They're not yet spent time there. They're not saying, I don't want you back. Nope, they're saying, please come back. They're begging you to come back. And I want to say this tonight, just because you haven't spent time with Jesus in a while, doesn't mean he doesn't want you back with him. Just because you messed up and you sinned spiritually, you, you, maybe you're not in the spiritual condition that you need to be, doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want you back in fellowship with him. He doesn't want you back in the around all the believers. No, he's begging you to come back. He wants you to come back in fellowship with him and fellowship with other believers and walk this thing out to the end. Keep your eyes focused on him. And I'm telling you, great things will happen. So let's pray tonight and let's ask Jesus to move in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will come inside of this studio and that you will send your presence out through the airways, God. And I pray you would touch everyone that's listening live now and everyone that will watch this later, God. I pray that you begin to speak to them 
And show us all, God, that we're not hypocrites because we have a genuine desire to draw close to you after we make a mistake. I pray, God, you will show us that, that, that this is the gospel. This is what you desire to do, and the blood of Jesus is powerful, God. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would break every chain off of everybody that it's holding them down. I command every spirit of condemnation and guilt and shame that is hindering them from growing close to you, I command those spirits to get off of them in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray you help every person to get up off the ground and to continue to walk forward no matter how hard they've got knocked down is to get back in that huddle and to keep asking for the ball again. I keep asking for the next play to be a part of advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. God, I pray you would raise up these these uh, Christian, all of us Christians, God, in this in this valley, God, where we've been laying down, where the enemy has just attacked us, God, and left us for dead. I pray you would rise up this army, God, and breathe into us new life, God, and show us, God, that we are not hypocrites, that we are still your soldiers, that you want to use in this army to advance the kingdom of God. I pray you breathe your spirit into the bride of Christ in this region. Breathe your spirit into the bride of Christ that is listening, God, uh, to this episode, God. And I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you will help people to step back up into the calling and assignment and purpose that you have for them, Father. In Jesus' name, I plead and apply the blood of Jesus on everybody's mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit. And I pray that you would just pull us away from this false hypocrisy that the enemy has put on us, God. And I pray that everybody out there that has a desire and a genuine desire to grow close to you, no matter what they've done, God, I pray that they would see your face right now and see you smiling, see your arms wide open, and they would come home to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said amen and amen. Wow, I'm telling you what, I can feel God all in here tonight, and I just want to say thank you for everybody that has been watching. There's a lot of people that have been commenting. I see you, Miss Tracy, out there in Aniana. I see you, Bob, a buddy of mine that went to Peru with me. Me and Haley went to Peru two years ago, and Bob was out there with us, man, and he was just, he is just an animal for, the, for God, for the kingdom of God, just preaching the gospel all over Peru. I see my buddy, Pastor Bo Johnson, is, is, is watching I just want to say, Pastor Bo, you are a hero to me. You are just a big brother in Christ. And one of the cool things that's going to be happening here at BGTV Studios coming up in January is Pastor Bo Johnson is going to have his own show on BGTV called The Spirit-Led Life. And I cannot wait to hear what God is speaking through him uh, on his own show. And so stay tuned for more about that. I see Stephanie Stokes, Jason Stokes, and my buddy Jace Stokes have been watching all night long. It, it, I love my buddy Jace. He has got a call on his life. God's going to use him in a mighty way. Stay close to Jesus, Jace. J Jesus is going to use you so, so powerfully. I see... Um, I, I see other people out there that um, that are watching. I can't. I, I'm far away from the screen, so I can't see all the names. But thank you so much for watching, and uh, please continue to share this, spread it out to everybody that you know, because God is continuing to to reach many people through this. And so I hope you have a great week. And next week we'll have a special guest on here, and I hope you tune in for that. And remember, we will not be meeting the last two weeks of the year, and we'll pick back up in the new year. So I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you right here next week, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, right here on BGTV.